morning. Uh, we are here for you. Good afternoon. Yes, wherever you find yourself. Good in the evening. Day. And good night, possibly. Or good night. Middle of the night. I don't know. I'd like to know when people listen to this. I don't think we get those analytics, do we? <laughs> we don't get time analytics. Uh-uh, that'd be cool. That would be cool. I want to know if anybody's falling asleep to these dulcet tones. I don't think so. Yes, they probably are. Hopefully not while they're driving. <laughs> uh, no, we do get like listened to on their Apple Watch or on their whatever. We get some of those analytics. Be cool to have some of those deeper analytics. A little, little detail. Hey, welcome to the Bible of Foons Here podcast we are. episode. Don't know fifty-eight. We 58 think fifty-eight-ish. We didn't do that research beforehand. I think it's fifty-eight. Hey, we say this at the end of every podcast. I kind of blow through it, and at the end of it, I say I don't care. But hey, share us, review us, rate us, uh, share us. I probably already said that. Whatnots. Listen, do all the things. Yeah. Subscribe, shout out to us. Uh, we want to hear from you. This is a relationship. We do the talky talk part, and you do the listening, listening, sherry, sherry. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Everybody's got to play their part here. Hey, my name is Justin Peach. Hey, I'm Chris. Richardson. We also tend to do that every time and we don't. Yeah. So I'm trying to knock through all the things, check through all the things we're supposed to do. Um, no, I talked to a guy today. My friend Harold goes, you got a podcast? Well, send me a link. Did you link him up? I haven't yet. Okay. But I plan on it. All right. I plan tomorrow when this one comes out to send him this. Send him a fresh one. Send him a new one. Uh, a new one in that. Chris may be a little droggy or tired or drugged. Oh, I hope not. No, he just no went to the doctor and no got, like, got like 75 shots. Just two. Chris but is three in two days. Chris is going to Africa. I'm going to Africa. When? Uh, October 1st. That's, that's very soon. That is a week from Friday. Wow. I'm freaking out a little bit. Really? Yeah. Are you going to wear flannel and your jeans and I your was, boots? I was, I was encouraged today by my infectious disease doctor that I met with to wear long sleeves and, and pants. But they're just, but they're very cautious. They probably very. want you to wear like a Tyvek suit too. <laughs> they're like, Hey, if you have one laying around, just wear that. He was even talking about colors. He was like the, the, the Titsi fly or whatever it's called is attracted to bright colors. So don't be running around in red and green and stuff. Wear khaki. He was like, wear khaki. Like you're on a safari. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a lot of safari gear. We'll figure it out. You get your luggage? Do you got what are you doing? I don't know. I don't know. I've been told to pack a light. You want my camping backpack? Maybe. I mean I have a, a nice big one. Big one. Big yeah, guy? I got I got a I got a big old one. I got from a I won at a at a youth ministry conference. Oh. Put my name in a hat and it's like a four hundred dollar backpack. They're like, here's your Osprey backpack. Sweet. It's like uh, thank you. Yeah, I'll definitely borrow it. I've had that for like ten Take years. That it's instead great. of like a rolly suitcase. Yeah. Thing. You'll look way more safari like. Just pack it up. I would. Mm-hmm. You don't need anything. No. Nah. It's going to be great. And they're going to do laundry there too. You're going to be staying at the Millers, right? Yeah. So yeah, they can do or, laundry. Or with somebody. <laughs> you don't even know where you're staying. No. no well, that's cool. Uh, well, our church, we sponsor this family called the Millers who live in Rwanda. Mm-hmm. And they also started a handful of years ago a international school, mm-hmm. VVA, Virunga VVA. Valley Academy. Super cool. It's dope. Um, and so we send people there every so often just to check in on them and just to encourage and visit. And they've been here this summer, so we get a chance to hang out with them. Um, so, yeah, it's a really cool thing. 
excited that you get to go. Yeah, you excited get to go to Africa, man. People don't get to go to Africa like that. Well, I've never been, so yeah, I, I've I never been Africa. Yeah, it's gonna be great. I want to go next time. I'm ready for the invite. Let's go. Two years. We're going to two years. I get, I don't know. Well, Sounds good to me. I guess we can go whenever we want. We can, like know the Millers. Yeah, well, we can just go. Yeah, bring our families. Yeah, Jude will see a gorilla. That would be. On he the list. would flip out. Absolutely, I would flip out to see a gorilla like in the wild. No, they don't have them in the wild. Oh, really? They have them in like a area. Yeah, like, it's not like a zoo though, right? No, it's a mat. It's like, like a thousands. Yeah. yeah, it's like thousands of acres and yeah. whatnot. Um, at least that's what Andrea told me. She's mm-hmm. got some pictures of some and whatnot. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Uh, cool. Uh, first day of well, second day of fall. Is it? Which one is it? Today is. It actually feels like fall though. When this is Wednesday, it's fall. You guys hear it tomorrow. It's the second day of fall. Today is picture day here at the day school. Yeah. We put our kids in like tank top jumper cute, like our little boys, not our five-year-old. Yeah. Like you would think we're taking beach pictures at Destin today. Yeah. And they stepped outside and they're like, what? No, I need more clothes on. Give me a jacket. Yes. It is so cold, but we're like, ah, no one knows. No one knows. Be good. Um, it was like 68 degrees or something out today. I think the high is in the low seventies for the day. It is amazing. We're living it up. I love it. We might do a bonfire tonight. Okay. For no reason. Okay. I can't. I got church tonight. And <laughs> I got to paint some trim. I got to do things. Campfire Bible study. I left a ton of wood down there. Down there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I brought some more wood. I'm not going down there. Yeah, I do have that on the calendar, though. I mean, that's in the calendar for uh, November 21st. Yeah. Uh, you guys are welcome to join us. But, cool. Um. Yeah, feels good. Hope you guys are having a good Thursday hanging out. Uh, we have. It's time for a Bible Buffoon's Global Update. Guys, we got another country. Country 23 in the house. Welcome. And we have Japan. Domo origato. Sure. Uh, Kanichiwa. Yes, all those and more. Count to 10, Justin. Do it. Ichi ni sanchi go roku. Oh, Ichi ni sanchi go roku. Siji hachi kuju. That nailed it. And I did that beforehand. We found that out. And you go, how do you know that? Because I was like, ah, when I was a kid, I took karate. A lot of it. I did. I took like five years of karate. I took a lot of karate. Um, never got in a fight in my life. Oh, too bad. I, I don't think I. Would. <laughs> <laughs> and if I did, I don't think I would ever like pull out the moves. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think that would work. Watch Cobra Kai; they do it all the time. They, yeah, it's also a movie, but uh, <laughs> I don't think so. I remember hearing a comedian talk the other day. He was on a podcast and said that he, that his um, when he was in like middle school or high school, his parents were like you have some anger issues, and their guidance counselor goes, "Hey, why don't you take karate with me?" Mm. I think it'll help. He's like, okay. So he took, went and like did like actual like karate lessons. And he said one day he was out at a mall or he was somewhere and a kid wanted to fight him. And he said, all he could do is put his hands up and go, ah, he's like, I took six months of karate. And it's all I could do is like, I quit that day. He's like, (laughs) that's not, I can't do anything. So a little, little insight into, into some of my backstory. Um, but, I also took um, a Korean 
style of, of okay. martial art. You know, in my sort of late middle school, high school years, a buddy, one of my best friends was big into it. He's a third degree black belt or something yeah. now at this point. It's been a lifelong yeah. you know, deal for him. I was not in that boat, but they placed a big emphasis on like self-defense yeah. and uh, basically like not, not uh, uh, attacking like you being the aggressor in a situation, but how to handle people uh, that are coming at you flash forward to my college days. And I was a bouncer. That was one of the, the jobs <laughs> that I had. Uh, I bounced at, at a bar in Tuscaloosa and I actually got to use some of my stuff and it was pretty cool. Just the way that you can kind of learn to use people's momentum yeah, yeah, against yeah. them and kind of just getting people in a place where you could handle whatever that was going on. So I actually got to put some of that in practice. It was cool. And it wasn't like, I'm going to stand up and start doing kicks and stuff, yeah. but just kind of like how to manipulate. That's what my karate was. Yeah. And it would not help anybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I got yeah. a chance to use it when I was young. Uh, so I did it for years, years, years. And like, I was probably like less than a year away from black belt and I quit. I got to about that like eighth, ninth grade year. And I was like, just isn't cool anymore. I'm playing football now. Yeah. Like I just, so the I, deeper you get into it, the more time. Yeah. And I, takes. and I wish that I would have stayed with it, but I remember a buddy of mine that went to my school, took Taekwondo ah. and they had like a sleepover fun hangout deal. So he invited me and I'm like, I will represent my sensei. I will show over my here. Skills. I got my tail whooped <laughs> and they were just like, karate's nothing compared to Taekwondo. And I was like, well, let me show you. I will represent all of karate. And, and the, then you did a form. Then I did a form. And like, what are you going to do with that? Uh, they did like a spinning kick and kicked me. And I'm like, yeah, how do I stop that? <laughs> like, yeah, you guys are better. I'm done. I quit. Uh, so. Chuck Norris failed you. I have his autograph. I know you do. Did we, did we we've pull talked, that? We've talked we've about, talked about it. Did I pull it out one night? I think you did. You had it, you had it hidden and you brought it out. No, I think we talked about it, but I never did. Ah, uh, that's too bad. I have a Chuck Norris signed Guy. Mm. Uh, he was in a movie. He was in a bunch of movies. He was in a movie movies. probably back in like 94, 95, in the height of my karate days. Mm. And he did a signing at a movie theater in like Rivergate, by the Rivergate Mall <laughs> in Middle Tennessee. We went and stood in line. There you go. It was awesome. Well, hey, welcome, Japan. Yes, welcome, thank you. Thank you for listeners, being here. listener in Japan. We hope uh, that this last portion didn't offend you in any way. We have um, great respect for we, your culture. We do. This is awesome. We're so glad to have a new listener here. Um, hey, we're going to maybe wrap up this kind of uh, Daniel talk here. Um, I, I'm sure before this podcast, life is over, we're going to get into later stages of Daniel. Mm. We might do that. We may take a break for next week. We may talk a little bit more about Africa. I know when you get back, I want to talk a lot more about Africa sure. and your travels. Um, but we'll see how that goes. But um, if you've been joining us for the past few weeks, we have been in Daniel 1 and we have been in Daniel 2. Yes. Um, this idea of Daniel kind of making history, Daniel's early life, again, a teenager, um, him not eating the king's food or the food that was given to him saying, no, God told me my convictions are stronger than a compromise that I want to do. And small steps can lead to a, a, a bigger impact in life, your yes. life, someone else's life, blah, blah, blah. Um, then we talked about a little bit in the second part about um, 
the king, which we're going to get to a little bit deeper today, King Nebuchadnezzar. Hey, I got a dream. I'm going to kill you if you don't tell me what my dream is. Risky business. And what it means. <laughs> and all the um, magicians and, and uh, all those people were like, uh, and Daniel <laughs> stepped up and said, let, me, let me do it. Yeah. But then he went to his friends. Yes. And said, pray for me. So we talked about kind of fellowship together. Um to 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 make a big impact in life, a, a lot of times it takes your close friends around you. It takes yeah. people that are walking with you, um, which is the community of the church and small groups and just friendships and neighborhoods and family and all that stuff. Um, so now we're going to continue on in Daniel 2 and really kind of talk about this dream. Um, this is where we kind of learn what the dream is and what does this mean mm. uh, in this. So um, Daniel 2, starting at, I'm not even there in my Bible. Was it 31? Sounds good. Cool. You're about it. 231. He said, uh, Daniel interprets the dream. You saw, O king, and behold, a great image. And this image, mighty and of exceeding brightness, stood before you, and its appearance was frightening. Which, how many times we read in the Bible, like you see something, it's frightening. Yeah. We need to have my wife on. She thinks she saw an angel the other day. Okay. Yeah. That's another side story. We're not going there? Right no, we're not going there. But, but I said, were you frightened and fell to your face? She's like, no. I was like, well, you probably didn't see an angel. <laughs> I feel like I but she thinks she may have seen. She was walking. So, so my wife. Okay, we'll go there real fast. Okay. And she's listening to this going. Mm, what, what, now you make me sound crazy, <laughs> but I, but I think it's awesome. She runs early in the morning, yeah. six six thirty in the morning. She'll go running. She was running one morning, the same loop that she does every other day around our quiet little neighborhood. And she said she passed somebody running with her, or maybe like near or really close by. And she goes, "I'd never see somebody running." Yeah. And she said, just like an older gentleman, just on a run. But she said, right when they she got close to him, she looked and saw a. Um, now I don't know which one she thinks the angel. I think she thinks the runner's the angel. Okay. But she saw a man dressed in all black, black hood, black pants, sitting on a trailer behind a truck, and she was like, looks like he was trying not to be seen. Oh. But they passed that creepy house with the trailer guy. Yeah. The same, like her and that guy pass at the same time. Yeah. And she was like, I think that that other runner's an angel there. So that other guy saw somebody else there. And they're huh. like, I'm not going to attack this lady because there's other people around. Well, that's crazy. Right? Yeah. I was like, I'm down. Hey, could be. Hey, well, there you go. But it wasn't frightening to her. Yeah. It was comforting. It was comforting. But mainly when you read Bibles, uh, um, angels in the Bible. Yeah. They're pretty frightening. Hmm. Anyways, uh, and its appearance was frightening. The head of this image was of fine gold. Its chest and arms of silver, its middle and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. Mm. As you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand, and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and gold all together were broken in pieces and became like chaff of the summer, threshing floors, and the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Wow. So 
This is the dream that King Nebuchadnezzar had and said, somebody tell me what it is. Daniel, through prayers and through a vision from God, got this dream Mm -hmm. and told him this. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Like, I would like to see that. If you go online and kind of look up Nebuchadnezzar's dream, you're going to see some pictures. Um, No one knows what it looks like. I mean, I can kind of show you this. It's just like a little statue, but all of different colors. Um, Don't know how big, don't know how whatever it is, but just this massive statue. Um, Do you remember, have you ever had a reoccurring dream? Mm -hmm. Definitely. I've I've had one. It's been very similar since I was a kid. Okay. I don't have it all the time, but it's one that just will pop up every now and then. And it's it's weird and scary. Um, I'm in a car. Okay. And I'm sitting in the What front. kind of car? Cha- the car changes. Okay. okay. So like when I was a teenager, it, it was, was like my an car. older. Okay. Um, and, you know, as I've gotten older, it's it's typically been, you know, the whatever car, you car have. like my parents' okay, car okay. or something like that. And I'm sitting in the front seat of a car. And I can see a tornado coming towards me. And I'm just stuck. I'm just paralyzed with fear. This tornado's coming. I don't get out of the car and run. I just come. Tornado comes towards me. And then I typically wake up like when it all starts to go down. Did this happen after the movie Twister? Possibly. I might have been traumatized. You know, there's things, different times back in it. Like when I was younger, I remember, especially Middle Tennessee in North Alabama for yeah. sure. Tornado country. Like a lot of people think Oklahoma and that that is, but man, right here in North Alabama, tons of tornadoes. But I remember vividly being told like, if there's a tornado, you need to get out, run under, get, get somewhere low, get in a ditch, yeah, get under. And I'm like, for a while I was very afraid. I still don't like tornadoes. Yeah. Um, but you've had that since when, since you're like a teenager, even before that. You know, I think I think since I was probably nine or ten, maybe. Well, that's awesome. That's weird, right? Yeah. Interpret my dream, Justin. <laughs> you don't like tornadoes. Uh, no, like uh, there's a storm of life coming that you cannot get out of the way. Ooh. You try and try and try and I have no idea. <laughs> um, I don't remember the last time I've had this dream, but I think that I've had this dream since maybe. Eight nine, mm-hmm. all the way through. I I would say my adult thirties. I I remember having this dream, but I couldn't tell you if it's been the last two or three years. Yeah, but I am back in my old house. Now this happened when I lived in my old house in Mount Juliet when I was a kid. The house I remember yeah. when I was young, baby, and grew up in. Um, but being at my friend Adam Poffenberger's house. What a name. Adam, if you listen to this, I doubt you are. What's up, Adam? I haven't spoken to you in like 30 years. <laughs> uh, but I was at Adam's house, and he lived two doors down from me. Best friends growing up. And being at his house and trying to get home, and the ground is covered in snakes. I've also had a similar dream. Continue. And I remember somehow running and getting on top of the car that's out on the street for some reason, the snakes didn't climb the car. They could easily climb a car, but they didn't. But I remember like just being like out in the street on top of a car's hood, seeing my house, two houses down, being like, yeah. if I could just get to my house. Yeah. And that's it. Like, yeah. we never get bitten. And I hate snakes. I yeah. mean, as a, as a little kid, I don't like snakes. And this did not help. Huh. 
what's your snake story? I mean, very similar dream, and it it was it's also been recurring far less often than yeah. the tornado dream, but it's it's almost same thing. It's my childhood street yeah. that I grew up on, and I'm trying to go from my house to the neighbor across the street's oh. house, the Walker's house. Uh, and but there's not a snake. There are snakes everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And I do get bitten. Like oh, I'm no. like trying to get through these snakes, and they'll jump up. It's that's a scary dream. Have you ever had a dream falling and you like wake up? Yeah. Yeah. Like where you're like fell off of something? Yeah. There's been a few times where you kind of, huh, you kind of wake up and you're like, oh, whoa, what was that? Yeah. You physically like, like are jolted. Shit, yes. In the, you, in the yeah. I don't know. Now, my dreams now are kind of crazy because it really turns around to what I watch on TV or like if I'm on Instagram at night. Yeah. Those people, <laughs> people that I have not thought of. Yeah in years or seen in years, I'm like, Oh, look at them. And then my dream, I'm like, Oh, that's why you're here. And what's funny is like in the dream, I could be like, I know why you're here. Cause yeah. I just saw you <laughs> on my Instagram stories. Um, and having them, but all right. So this is a little side note of dreams. We love to hear your cool dreams. Dreams are very fascinating. Yeah. I'm, I'm also, it's kind of like the horoscope deal. If you tell me I can interpret that dream, I'm like, come on now. Yeah. Leave, leave that to Daniel and God. Like yes. I, I I just like to have fun in my dreams. All right, here we go. So we have, that was uh, 231 through 30, something, something, seven, 35. So now here's Daniel. This was the dream. Now we will tell the king its in, its interpretation. You, O king, the king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power, and the might, and the glory, and to though, into whose hand he has given Wherever they dwell, the children of man, the beasts of the field, and the birds of the heavens, making you rule over them all. You are the head of gold. Mm. So if you're hearing this, you're like, heck yeah, I am. I like the start. This, this, is, this is where it is. Yeah. 39. Another kingdom inferior to you shall arise after you, and yet a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. And, and there shall be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, because iron breaks to pieces and shatters all things. And and like iron that crushes, it shall break and crush all these. Verse 41. And as you saw the feet and the toes, partly of the potter's clay and partly of iron, it shall be a divided kingdom. Mm. But some of the firmness of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with the, with the soft clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly brittle. And you saw the iron mixed with the soft clay, so they will be mixed with one another in marriage, but they will not hold together just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end it shall stand forever just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand and that it broke in the pieces and the iron and the bronze and the clay and the silver and the gold a great god has made known to the king what shall be after this the dream is certain and its interpretation is sure all um, right, wrap this up. It basically says you got this big old statue. There's the gold, the silver, the bronze, the body parts, all those things. But then a great stone, uh, um, this great rock, if you look back in the verse, says, but a stone that struck the image became a great mountain and field. No, no, there's a stone cut out by no human hand, and it struck the image on its feet, and it destroyed it. 
So basically this interpretation, and you can tell me if I'm correct in your interpretation of the interpretation. Sure. Of you have all these kingdoms. Mm. And if you look, it can look at the kingdom of Babylon and maybe the Persians and maybe Greece and then of Rome and Rome again and of all these different ones. But it's saying at the end, there's this stone, there's this kingdom. Um, God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed. And it destroys yep. all other kingdoms. Mm-hmm. And then it builds to this mountain and it will never be destroyed. Yep. Right? I think you nailed it. I mean, I just kind of read it just a little bit different. (laughs) Um, But as you kind of look at this, this is God telling us from from way back in Daniel and revealing to Daniel and revealing to the king of like, hey, you're going to have all these different kingdoms. You're going to have all these different countries. You're going to have all these different rulers and kings and all these things. But nothing is going to be as strong or last longer than the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and that must be hard for those kings to hear that, right? Because because when they're in the middle of it, they're like, "There's no way." Yeah, like we are the biggest, we are the strongest, we are the wealthiest. There's no way that my kingdom will ever fall. Mm. And it's like, don't be so cocky. Yeah, <laughs> that it won't happen. Mm-hmm. It may not fall to another country or to another kingdom. But it's never going to be as strong as stand as long as the kingdom of God. Right. No, that's good. Um, I, I had a couple of thoughts about this. And one, the first is I, I like the contrast between, you know, this the statue, this image is clearly uh, representative of something that is made by human hands. Oh, yeah. Compare that with the stone that it points out more than once yeah. in the text. That nobody cut this stone out. This stone was not made by human hands. And man, the parallels are <laughs> one. It's just really cool to see how um, how you know this is thousands of years of rain yeah. that's represented in this statue from the Babylonians to the Romans, yeah. really. Um, and it's all beautiful and and it's made out of these fine materials and big and mighty and gorgeous yeah and we do the same thing today oh absolutely we love to elevate things that we have created and even worship things that we have created and that can be you know small scale of you know being obsessed with your career that you've built or this thing that, that you do to larger things like our own governments. Yes. Those are still things that were, I mean, that's, yeah, that's probably the biggest one now is, you know, I, 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 I love 4th of July. I love like USA go America, but like we are foolish to think that like, we're never going to fall. Mm-hmm. We're the greatest thing that's ever been yeah. here. We're always going to be here. We are a very young country, mm-hmm. right? But it says like you have thousands of years here of these countries that were massive yeah. and were huge. And it's like it's not as strong. It will stand as long as the kingdom of God. And the more you wrap your minds around that, and I guess not put allegiance to those mm-hmm. things, but allegiance to God. Yeah. So we do that on a big scale. Then we do it on a personal scale, like your your business, your career, your family, your things. But we also do this in church, right? Mm, yeah. We kind of call this like the golden calf mm. of like the church. Yep. Like we can never get rid of camp. Yeah. This is, Hey, we've had this camp here for yeah. 60 years and it's like, is it doing what it should be doing? Should we rethink? Well, no, we've always done it. Right. Right. And so there's people that have those things at your church that like, they think, well, this is always going to stand. Mm. 
instead of being like, are you putting that ahead of like that, that event, that thing, that person, that experience, Yeah, is that greater than the connection and relationship with God? Yeah. And it's beautiful. You know, the, the statue's beautiful. Yeah. And, and, and Daniel even talks about, you know, you're this golden head. Yeah. You're beautiful. God has given you all this power and yeah. authority, but just know that it's temporary and that you're going to be replaced by somebody who's going to be replaced by somebody who's going to be replaced by somebody until God breaks <laughs> in through the world. It literally breaks it down in, in the person of Jesus and smashes all that. And I think an important takeaway for us is that we still want to build up and worship these things that we've created but often we're trading the the power of worshiping Jesus and true power in our lives with something that this story tells us, and it's repeated in the New Testament, that it's going to be crumbled. Yeah. The ultimate end of all power that's not Jesus is to be his footstool. That's what <laughs> yeah. Scripture tells us, is that one day everything is going to be under the authority of Jesus. And so I'd rather get on that boat now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, right? You know, and uh and and accept that as true and and as a better way. Those things can be good and God can use them for his purposes and for good in the world, but ultimately their end is is to be a footstool for Jesus. Well, and that kind of leads me into this next part of like how cool is it? It may we might need to do a whole other s- series on this of like Looking back through the whole Bible, if again, if you were to open your eyes and to see that Jesus is in like every book of the Bible, mm. we think like, no, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, that's where we start the Gospels. The New Testament is about Jesus. But even this story, what you just said of this stone and, and everything, and it just talks about him, yeah. of this like new kingdom the kingdom of god that's going to be brought here to earth is brought through jesus mm-hmm. um and i like to jump ahead to um peter we're going to jump ahead a little bit uh to the Pe- rock so yeah so <laughs> so again there's a lot of you know similarities of the rock of the stone even uh-huh. peter's the rock but he's not the rock yeah. the church is the rock but not it might be this rock, right? <laughs> like there's a whole thing here. It says, but as first uh, Peter two, four through eight, um, as you come to him, the living stone, mm-hmm. it's a capital S that's a name, the living stone, Jesus uh, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. Um, for in scripture, it says, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Uh, now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe the stone, the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. Mm. They stumble because they disobey the message, which also what they were destined for. 
So this idea of Jesus is that cornerstone. Yeah. He is the rock. He is that. And there's a lot of similarities here mm-hmm. with this first Peter and back to Daniel of, right. hey, they rejected it, but it's going to tear it down. Right. Um, it's going to destroy everything else because they don't believe in it and put your trust, which is exactly what you said. Yeah. Of, I would rather be on that train now yeah. um, than later. And so as we look at this big picture of the Bible, it's so cool to see Jesus woven into these stories. This God wasn't just going through going, Hmm, what should I do now? Like mm. this is a grand story that he knew from start to finish. Yeah. And we're just getting to see it. And now when our eyes are open to it, it's cool to see how it comes together. Yeah. You hit the, hit the nail on the head there, man. And you know, I'm, I'm as guilty of it as anybody like for a long time in my Christian life, I was really uncomfortable trying to reconcile you know, what I'm reading in the Old Testament with what I see as, mm-hmm. as uh, more relatable to me or whatever in the yeah. New Testament. But like, it's it's one story. Yeah. And if we can learn to read the Bible as one story about God breaking in through the world and he's got this plan. And if, <laughs> and, and if you read it that way, you can see it. You see this arc, the yeah. story arc of scripture. And man, it just it's a faith builder for me. Yes. It's a faith builder for me in that who could write this? <laughs> who could write something like this over over thousands of years and different authors but be writing this one continuous story and and for me that that lifts the bible up and elevates Absolutely. it's it's validity and 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 its importance in my life than if I am digging around for one passage to make me feel better about this one thing that I feel. Which is what we typically do. Yeah, we try right? to cherry pick. Yeah. Nope, here's what this means. Here's what, uh, nope, this is my stance now because look what it says. It's got so much more power as a story. Absolutely. Um, and so he just kind of brings it here. Um, so I think there's two part. One, I want to go back or I guess go back a little bit into Jesus' life. Matthew 16 Um we have Peter and Jesus mm-hmm. together. And so 16, starting at 13, it says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? So who do people say that I am? Yeah. And they said, Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Others say Jeremiah um, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven has. And I tell you, you are Peter. Mm. And on this rock, I will build my church. The rock. And the gates (laughs) of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth shall be um, lost in heaven. And then he strictly charged his disciples to, to tell no one what he was, uh, charge disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. That's a whole nother issue. Mm. But again, Peter's not the rock, but Jesus calls him the rock yeah. to build this church there. And I think he understands that like, Hey, you're going to be this charge for this church. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, I think we have to st- we have to put them together and we, then we have to separate them and we have to acknowledge that like the kingdom of God here on heaven is the rule of Jesus and God. And, and the best way that we see that I think is through the local church, mm. but we also have to be careful. Yeah. 
that the local church doesn't elevate itself above God mm-hmm. and above we turn the it kingdom into one of, of those God. statues. We turn it into one of those statues, yeah. right? Like the kingdom of God is greater than all, and I think for us, the best way to see that is through the local church. Yeah. Um, but then that's a different warning calling for us in ministry, mm-hmm. and I think even those that just go to church that like. Whatever church you belong to, mm-hmm. uh, it is not greater than the kingdom of God. Right. But God wants to use the local church, just like he did with Peter, like, hey, this is it. And the real thing that we should do, and like the real calling in the end of this, is what Peter said in uh, um, 1616. Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Mm-hmm. That's the rock that we stand on. Right. That's the rock that we build our life, that we build our relationships, that we build everything on is Jesus is the son of God. Mm. He's the Messiah. That's right. That's it. Yep. Um, and anything else we put up there is going to get tore down by a stone. Yep. <laughs> right. Another another cool uh, Daniel reference in that passage is, you know, Jesus referred to himself as the son of man. I think we... Uh, kind of overlook that because uh-huh. you know it's just something that kind of comes up in yeah. scripture and we don't think too much about it we're like yeah he's the son of man great son of man is a reference to the book of daniel later in the book of daniel in in the more prophetic section uh-huh. which this is clearly prophetic too but uh, <laughs> yeah. you know there's there's a there's a really the second half of daniel is about this this big vision that daniel has mm-hmm. um, and he refers to this character this person who is a redeeming character in the future for the people of Israel and we know for the world yeah. that he calls the son of man. And wow. that's where that comes from. Yeah. So it's a clear, clear connection there. So I think that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And yeah, you, what, what you were saying about the church it, and, and this to me just makes so much sense now. Yeah. But you know, I don't, I don't know that a lot of people feel this way, but I love this stones imagery stones cornerstones yeah Yeah, there's a lot there it's it's a it's about building and and building something strong and that will last for the test of time and i think often we get so wrapped up in our our local church so just like make it super personal for you out there wherever it is you go to church we make it so much about that that we forget that our church and all the people in our church are stones amongst lots of other stones in this kingdom of God that are building it up. And in what ways can we work more together as the kingdom of God, yeah. church to church, person to person, yeah. not not thinking so much about, well, this person isn't part of my particular brand of well, they Christianity. They go to so-and-so. They go to this church. Yeah. I don't know. How are we looking to to knit ourselves together in a way that builds this beautiful house yeah. that really says something to the world that's like, oh, look how they're playing together. Well, look, look in how that, they can come together to do something it, special. And we try to put our church as the cornerstone, uh-huh. but it says that he is the cornerstone. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know a lot about missionary work. <laughs> I've done a little bit of it on a lot. Yeah. But back in the day, like if you go to like DC or you go to Boston or I mean, if you go over to Europe, yeah. They will have a marker on like the cornerstone that it's like a very important mm-hmm. deal because they spent the most time. That's right. It had to be the flattest, mm-hmm. the truest. It had to be like the strongest. Like this is what we're going to start the rest of this building on. Yep. And it has to be all those things. And that can only be Christ. Yes. 
And that's only his kingdom. That's only him. And everything else is built from that. But how much do we want to put ourselves as a corning stone mm-hmm. or our church? Well, we're the corning, corning, cornerstone, <laughs> the corning, the corning stone, the corning stone. Uh, corning stone. <laughs> we, we are, you know, we might put ourselves as no, we're the cornerstone of Christianity in our community. It's mm. like, ah, don't be doing that. Yep. There's one cornerstone for right. all churches. There's one. And we get to, uh, by the grace of God, we get to be a part of that building Yes. Um, and we all get to make this a beautiful piece here. We can get into the many bodies, different parts, right? There's <laughs> there's all that tied together. Yeah. What I, what I know about cornerstones is that, especially in the ancient world, yeah, uh, you had to find as close to perfect yeah. as possible because that stone is going to set the tone and the angles yeah. and the lines and the foundation for everything else you built. That stone has got to be true. Yeah. And so the only thing that we've got in this world that is that true, That's that is truest. that perfect, is Jesus. If yeah. I put myself in that, whole building's going to be off kilter. Oh, it's going to tumble down. The The whole building of this church will be off Absolutely. kilter if I put myself at the center. My whole life will be off kilter yes. if I put myself at the center. No, Jesus is that cornerstone, and I can trust that it's true and that everything that flows off of that is going to be lined up just right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, well, hey, I hope you guys enjoyed Daniel too. I, I, I mean, I can keep talking, but that was that was a, the best way to finish it for me. Um, hey, hope y'all enjoyed Daniel too. We're gonna get Daniel maybe a little bit later. Uh, again, we'll work we'll come on back. Some, yeah, but, uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to talk about yeah. there, but we just we didn't even talk about the things that most people talk about in Daniel two: the fiery furnace and the lion's den. Well, I, I didn't want to talk about that. Yeah. I want to talk about something that people yeah. usually don't talk about. Uh, so there's yeah. a whole bunch of other stuff. There's a lot of cool things, man. Um, well, hey, hope y'all enjoy the fall. Hopefully there's some fall weather where you are. Live it up. Get outside. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it just springs forth. All the time, guys. Uh, you just walk around the office and he's just singing random things. Usually it's a Jurassic Park theme song. Usually. Uh, so, hey. Have a good one. Rate, review, subscribe, whatever. We already did that stuff. Um, hope you're doing good. He's the cornerstone, not you. Yep. Tell us about your crazy dreams and maybe if you saw angels. Love it. See you guys. Bye, friends. Bye.